0: Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, once more, Jamie Wilkerson. Welcome, Jamie.
1: Thank you. It's so good to be here again.
0: We're so glad to have you as one of our new co-hosts at CBH Viewpoint. And, you know, you are a Chicago girl. You are a city girl.
1: Yes, I am. And you know what?
0: That's part of why I like you, because I'm a city guy, and there's just some buzz about that big city thing. And when you talk about big cities, well, Chicago's right at the top of the list, isn't it? I mean, there aren't too many cities that have more buzz, more size, more things going on than Chicago does. Does.
1: Absolutely. And
0: I know you love the city, and yes. there's so much to speak for when you live in Chicago. But wait a minute. Were there some downsides, too? Did you ever find a time when you lived in Chicago that you, you tasted fear or you just felt uneasy?
1: Well, you know what? There were um, a, f- a few moments growing up. The news was very much a part of our lives in Chicago, and I watched the news all the time. And as I experienced um, hearing others' stories of crime and violence I it, it affected me and so once I became um, I think I was about, Maybe, in my freshman year of high school, I had to start walking to the school bus stop um, by myself at six a m and so the I bus remember, was not
0: coming to your house i didn 't come to my house, house. Yeah. I
1: had to walk about four blocks alone, and sometimes it would be very dark because it was about six a m and I just remember being so afraid, and there was no one coming for me or but just watching the news and seeing images and hearing stories of Different, um, different occurrences of violence in people 's lives it just really affected me, and so I was very very afraid
0: and that fear can define you you know if, if it overtakes you and your fears were legitimate and, and well placed and i 'm hearing you describe a scenario where you, as a young woman, are walking down the street it 's dark uh, there 's all these news headlines about people who are assaulted and mm-hmm. and the violence and and yeah, you have to be afraid And fear can be a healthy thing But it also can be a paralyzing thing And today at Viewpoint, we want to talk about fear And how it can take us over And how we can find a way past our fears If we'll just make the right choices About the company that we invite to walk with us Whoa, lots to talk about here Stay with us
2: You rival me with a melody, you surround me with a song of deliverance from my.
0: you're listening to Viewpoint today, maybe you have a thought or an idea, a question, you want to just reach out to us, we want you to know that we have a toll-free number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by that phone 24 hours a day and seven days a week, so we just want you to know we're glad to hear from you. I'll give the number again at the close of our broadcast today, but know this, you're very important to us. Jamie Wilkerson is our co-host today, and she was just describing uh, some of her life in Chicago, a great city, a wonderful place to live, but also as she was in high school and uh, a young teenager walking by herself in the dark to the school bus stop early in the morning in a place where there were a lot of uh, threatening headlines about crime and so on. She was telling us about the fear that can set in, I think all of us know about fear. We've all had moments where we were afraid. You know, I I was traveling once uh, in Lebanon, and and my host wanted to take me down to Tyre in Lebanon. This is in the very southern part of Lebanon. It's wholly controlled by Hezbollah, which is recognized by some governments as a terrorist organization and generally not seen as sympathetic to Americans. And I found myself getting off of a van in the city of Tyre. And the reason I was going was to see some ancient ruins, that a place where Jesus had walked himself and so on. And yet when I walked out of the van, I was kind of a standout. I clearly did not look like the native population. And right. suddenly I was surrounded by a group of young men who were very angry. They looked like they came from central casting for Hezbollah. And I just mm-hmm. remember, wow, am I going to live? Am I going to survive this? And once that fear sets in, then every moment is, is a quickened pulse. And you're looking around. And then there are moments when you wonder, can I survive all of us have stories to tell. Everybody knows about fear. And that's one of the most remarkable things about the New Testament, is it does not mask our fears or our concerns. It's, it's actually a record of real life people facing head on real life and how God in the person of Jesus can come alongside. Today, we want to talk about one of those stories in John's Gospel. John was an eyewitness. He experienced this story. He's writing years after it occurred, but he was with Jesus in person. He believed that Jesus was the Son of God, and he wrote these stories. He wrote this history. uh, His record of real life and events as he understood them, he wrote them so that we could believe that Jesus also is the Son of God. And so this story is one of eight that John chose to put in his book called John's Gospel that you can find in the New Testament. And one of these stories especially talks about the raw fear of the disciples, I mean, these guys had walked with Jesus, who was famous already as a kind of wonder worker. He mm-hmm. was already out of the box. Uh, nice. They were following him because he could do things that they'd never seen done before. And yet, for all of that, they have a moment when they're terrified. Jamie, I know you have this uh, open up right in front of you. This is in John chapter 6. John's gospel, the apostle John, the friend of Jesus, this guy who walked with Jesus is writing this down. We think by the supernatural inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's not describing a fable, it's not a myth, it's history. In John's experience, this really happened and he's gonna tell us about it now. Jamie, take us there.
1: When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination.
0: When we come back, we're going to unpack this story in real life and find out what lessons it might have for us for our real
2: life here and now. We'll be right back. When he told you you're not good enough When he told you you're not right when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight when he told you you're not worthy when he told you you're not loved when he told you you're not beautiful you'll never be in Let your fire fall and cast out all my fear. Let your fire fall, you love is all I fear. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fear. Let your fire fall, you love is all I fear. Let your fire
0: When I was a kid growing up, Jamie, we had an old song that we used to sing when I was a child. It was called, Tell Me the Stories of Jesus. And it went like this, uh, tell me the stories of Jesus, not to worry, I won't sing it, but this, I can quote the lyric. <laughs> tell me the stories of Jesus I want to hear, things I would ask him to tell me if he were near. Scenes by the wayside, tales of the sea, stories of Jesus, tell them to me. And there's something about the story of Jesus that takes us to the sea. Tales of the Sea, that Sea of Galilee. Mm-hmm. It's really a big freshwater lake, but it's a big body of water. And in a world like uh, ancient Palestine, modern-day Israel, uh, that part of the world, a big body of water is something that's a standout because it's a dry and arid land. And so this, this huge freshwater inland sea was the stage upon which so much of Jesus' ministry was unfolded. And in this story, we have some sea tales, don't we? We've got some guys in a boat, and we have a storm, and we have some real fear. But it's important for us to know that this story is not extraordinary in its staging, because these people in the boat, they lived by the sea. I mean, this was their ordinary life. They, they were fishermen, many of them by trade. They owned their own boats. They were, they were used to going from one side of this sea to the other. I mean, this was not extraordinary for them. And yet, in all the familiar and predictable zone of this place, still they found themselves terrified. Kind of reminds me a little bit about your story. You're, you're yes. walking out of your house. Uh, to the school bus. I mean, it's mm-hmm. your neighborhood. It's it's very your familiar. place. It's very familiar <laughs> to you, and yet you found yourself in the familiar, afraid. Exactly. And man, is that all of us? Our our stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'd be terrified to jump out of an airplane, but that's not what I normally do. <laughs> uh, you know, scuba diving doesn't really hold anything for me. But then I'm not. That's not my ordinary gig. Uh, right. There are so many things. Uh, scaling the rock face of El Capitan mm-hmm. at Yosemite. I mean, I know that for some people that may be routine. I get fear in that kind of deal. But when I'm afraid in my own home place, when the things that are routine for me suddenly turn on me and become the agency of fear, that's where I need help the most. I can avoid the skydiving. I can't avoid walking to the school bus stop. I can't avoid walking across town. I can't avoid getting in the boat and sailing across in my ordinary course. And when I'm afraid there, what do I do? So these guys who are going to experience fear, they're just going out what, to see like they normally do. It's, it's no big deal. And they're doing it at night. Why would you do it at night? Well, it's hot there. there there's no motorboat here. <laughs> they're having to <laughs> row. No. Or they've got a sail. The wind comes up in the evening. Maybe it's the schedule, but they're out at night. But, of course, night has its own kind of drama too, doesn't it? Oh, yes. You described walking to the school bus in the morning, early, when it was dark
1: yes, because
0: darkness does not allow us to sense and to see everything that we would in the broad light of day. And that makes it more likely that we can be afraid in the darkness. And that's what happens to these guys. What I'm just here drawing for people, I hope as a line you can understand, sometimes we see the Bible as far removed from where we live. It's not. It's exactly where we live. And that's what these men are going to experience. So they're going out, but it's dark. And what happens? There's a storm. Have you ever been in a storm, Jamie? Have you ever been in a gale? Yes, (laughs) I (laughs) have. Well, hey, if you're in Chicago, there's been a few windstorms, I'm going to guess. Quite a
1: few, yes. And, uh,
0: you know, the wind can be scary, even if you're not on a boat. That's right. Uh, I'm just thinking about the hurricanes this season and some of the Mm -hmm. things we've seen uh, on television about how roofs are ripped off buildings and how whole buildings can be blown down and all the damage that wind can do, even if you're not out at sea. But when you're out at sea, you're even more vulnerable Mm -hmm. because the wind can not only take your boat out, it can leave you without any ground to stand on. Mm -hmm. And it had to be terrifying. And their fear began to grow, I think, as the storm overtook them. But then they saw something they weren't prepared to see. They thought it was a ghost. Have you ever found, uh, Jamie, that when you get afraid, you begin to see things that aren't actually there?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <Or you laughs> and imagine... hear things that yeah, I have. That's right. That and you imagine really things that aren't actually yeah. real, but your, your fear has heightened your senses to go beyond just what is materially evident, and your mind begins to imagine things. And I think that the enemy of our souls, and we have to be frank, there is a devil out there. He uses that against us. He tries to inflate our fears. If you surrender your life into Jesus' care, the devil cannot have you. He can intimidate you. He could bruise you. He might injure you in a way, but he cannot claim your life. I believe that if you are the Lord's own. Now, if you have not surrendered to Jesus, well, who knows what he can do? But if you're held in the palm of Jesus' hand, he could only try and frighten you. He might even cause you some pain and suffering. But... Your life is held in the hands of God. These men were the friends of Jesus, but they were terrified. And all kinds of mind games are going on. And they see a figure walking in the water. But their first conclusion is not their friend Jesus, who they believe to be the son of God. (laughs) They think it's a ghost. Mm -hmm. They think it's an apparition, some kind of occult manifestation of the netherworld. And fear has a way of exaggerating and and deceiving and, and haunting us. But what does Jesus do? Seeing their fear. This is the part of the story that is the breakthrough. This is the part I love. This is what I need to remember when I'm surrounded by Hezbollah. This is what you need to remember when you're on the school bus stop by yourself in the dark. What does Jesus say?
1: Don't be afraid. I'm here.
0: (laughs) Don't be afraid. It's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What you're afraid of (laughs) is not actually here. I'm here. And you don't need to be afraid if I am here. I am proximate to you. I'm actually close by. I see you. I know you. I can handle this. I've got this. In fact, they are just like terrified and amazed. And as it dawns on them that this is actually Jesus. Look at what the scripture says. He got in the boat and, and they immediately got to their destination. In other words, they, they zoomed through the storm. They, they were delivered to the other shore. It's just like a blur. Did they experience actually an acceleration of time? Or was the fact that Jesus was with them now, they didn't remember even the rest of the storm? I think that's more likely the case. All they could do was just be amazed at Jesus. And he diverted their attention from their jeopardy and difficulty. And as they saw him, they had life, more than enough life. They didn't just endure the storm, they sped through it to safety's sake. Man, that's how I want to live. And there are moments still where we can be frightened. Sometimes our fears are borne by circumstances beyond our control. I can't control what Hezbollah does. I can't control who's going to pop out of the buildings walking Mm -hmm. uh, behind and stalking the young woman who's walking to the school bus stop. We can't control what disease will do. We can't control the weather. But what I can't control is where do I place my trust? And who do I choose to walk alongside me? And I want to choose Jesus. And because I can't control my circumstances, I know that I can choose Jesus to walk with me. And there's another kind of fear, and that's the fear of consequence of my own foolishness. Sometimes I've been afraid because I knew I did wrong and now I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> and you know you, that could go from a speeding ticket to oh, something yes. more difficult or challenging. Mm-hmm. But the reality is fear can be borne by circumstances beyond our control. Sometimes fear is the consequence of our own folly. But even then, Jesus will come along in the storm. And in the storm of my own failure... He'll say, don't be afraid, I'm here, and I can make this right, I can turn this around. This is the wonder of Jesus. I can turn this around and make it good and life-giving. I am not surprised that John wrote this story down out of all the things he saw Jesus do. Because he saw Jesus do many more things. In fact, at the end of his book, he says, if all the things Jesus did that were so striking and amazing, if all of them were written down, all the books in the world could not contain them. John experienced a 100 or a 1,000 more stories. But he chose this one among eight to share with us. And I think he chose it because he knew all of us get afraid. And we need to find Jesus walking alongside us. And then as we see him, we need to say, Jesus, get in this boat right here by me. I need you closer <laughs> still. Yes. I promise you, he will never turn away from the heart cry of someone who is surrendering into his care. How about you? Where's your life today? Are you afraid of anything? Is there a shadow stalking you? Is there something haunting you? Are you in a circumstance that terrifies you? Do you feel vulnerable and at risk? All of that can be true, and at the same time, it can be true that Jesus is right close by, and he wants to reassure and save you. how to get there? Pray with us, just now. Pray with us, you can do it. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Just exhale that care for a minute, and pray with us. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for your Son, Jesus Christ. We're thankful that he came into this world and proved your love to us. We're thankful for the way in which he went to a cross and paid our dues for our mistakes, our sin, our failure, and for the way in which he rose from the dead, proving that there's no problem that he cannot overcome. And we're thankful that he still lives and that he still strives among us and that his Holy Spirit is is here with us right now. And, Lord, I pray for everyone who's joining me in this prayer who is afraid. I don't know what they're afraid of, Lord, but you know you can see already their fear. For everyone who has fears and is praying with us now, I ask that they will make the choice to surrender their fears and all of their life, all of their sin, all of their failures, all of their misgivings, all of their errors, all of their hopes, everything, that they will surrender to you and cause them to be born again, Lord. And as by faith we surrender into your hands, help us to see you and not be deceived. And Lord, come close by, climb into our boats, take us swiftly through the storm to safety on the other shore. We ask this, Lord, with confidence in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer with us today, or maybe you just have another concern or question or comment you want to share, give us a call. Dial this number. It's toll-free, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're right by the phone. A live member of our ministry team, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Let us hear from you. But, Jamie, sometimes people are afraid. They're afraid to call us on the phone, and they feel more comfortable just reaching out by email or checking us out online. What would that address be? It's cbhviewpoint.org. That's right, CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. Or if you prefer, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or write us a letter, please, let us hear from you this week. Don't be afraid. We'd be so glad to touch base with you. Jimmy Wilkerson, thanks for being with us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for not being terrified of the microphone as you get into this gig as a co-host here at Viewpoint. We're so glad to have you.
1: I'm so glad to be here.
0: And we are so glad you joined us too. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue to look at how Jesus can make our lives filled with more than enough and how he can give us life, life abundantly. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministries team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.